They're calling it the Autonomous Zone in Seattle, an area they've turned into an ongoing occupied protest site. It's near Cal Anderson Park and the Seattle Police Department's East Precinct. It includes several blocks of Pine Street and parts of 11th and 12th Avenues. K5's Vanessa Mashanya reports from there this evening. In the first Saturday of its existence, the Chaz or the Chop, as it's now being called by some circles, the Capitol Hill Occupy protest, it had a huge turnout. There were families, there were information booths talking about some of the demands that protesters want to see, like disbanding the police, and there was music and more speakers. But there are also streets still barricaded off, and the police chief says that is still cause for concern. While its name may still be up for debate, the Chaz or the Chop is the opposite of the images that define Seattle's protests of the previous two weeks. We got a mental health support, emotional support tent, like first aid, like conversation this is cafe. conversation yeah. cafe. This is amazing. Music and art and food have replaced flashbangs and tear gas within the six-block zone and the shadow of Seattle's boarded-up East Precinct. After experiencing tense moments with officers at other protests, this group of roommates are here for the first time. We each went to the protest. Woo! The ghetto chow, the ghetto. Okay, guys, it's a lot going on right now. <laughs> it's a lot going on right now. <laughs> this is episode 70 of African and American with your girl, Six the Goddess. And keep in mind, I'm a goddess and I'm sensitive about my shift. Peace and love, family. I hope you're doing well. Uh, we are doing well over this way. As you all know, for the past few weeks or so, um, Big Sister Six has been just clutching my pearls and just snacking on my popcorn because the the movie continues and the plot continues to thicken. Okay, um, this has just become such a circus at this point to where I, I'm, you know, I'm just sitting back, staying ready. So I ain't got to get ready. I'm just paying attention, observing, you know, laughing to keep from crying <laughs> because uh, it's a lot happening. So what I just played for you all was a clip of um, a news station reporting on uh, this place, this area of Seattle um, that is now being called CHOP. The media is, you know, uh, covering this pretty highly. So, you know, when that happens, we always got to give the side eye. Okay, black people should be side eyeing everything. Black people, we should never just be hearing something and just going with it. We should be second guessing and side eyeing everything possible. So that is what I am doing in true fashion, giving a side eye. Um, when the COVID-19 lockdowns first happened and I was saying how I'm just eating my popcorn, watching how, uh, how white people are going to react when they think that their rights are being 
taken away in any way, shape or form. I was like, this might be the first time in history where I truly feel like white people's rights have been, uh, you know, completely violated in their eyes and, you know, they're not, them not necessarily having any say so in it and, and their privilege not getting them anywhere when it comes to them, you know, protesting what's going on in their lives and being told what to do. So I was like, you know, get your popcorn ready because it's, it's like observing animals in the wild when you observe white people when they're getting their privilege taken away or when they're getting their rights taken away. It's the craziest thing to see. So in the beginning, you know, it was just seeing them kind of getting antsy about that. Like, hold on, I'm, I'm white in America. You can't tell me what I cannot do. Okay, these folk going crazy. These folk got businesses that they're trying to run. They have things to do. They do not have time. They don't care about no coronavirus, COVID-19, none of that. Okay, so now we fast forward weeks later and we just see how this is all spiraling. We talked uh, about two or three weeks ago about, you know, how so many black people are just so happy. Like, oh my God, um, white people are protesting with us and they are fighting racism with us and together they're going to be our allies and we are going to make a difference not knowing negro please them white folks can't wait to tear some stuff up they protesting because they was in coronavirus lockdown they was bored um they have nothing else to do uh they simply have time uh what they're really mad about is you know their lives being altered and they're privileged temporarily not meaning anything while everybody is locked in the house. You know, when the whole uh, world is locked in the house, your white privilege means nothing. And so, you know, I'm looking at all these black people and they're just so moved by these white folks being our quote unquote ally. And we just see how this is spiraling. So all of the um, racism is real, Black Lives Matter protests was simply their opportunity to continue. I mean, they, they literally are just on a wave of how can we throw fits? Um, how can we tear shit up? How can we mess up things? <laughs> what, what can we continue to snowball uh, on to be able to act up is what they're doing. So somehow the uh, they were able to jump onto the bandwagon of the whole Black Lives Matter movement, um, you know, that's going on. And they were able to jump onto that. Uh, we began to see after the death of George Floyd, we began to see rioting and protests and looting and vandalism done primarily by white people, not because they are just so sick of racism and not because they are just great people and racism is so bad, but because, like I said, they have time and because they were mad about other things and this was simply a stress reliever. So they come out and they start tearing up stuff worse than black people are. And it's like, wait a minute, um, you're oddly invested in this. Um, when it's, it's not you that this is happening to. Okay. So they, they going crazy. They start tearing things apart. Talking about black lives matter. No, you're tearing things apart because Neanderthal lives matter. And that is what your concern is, is fulfilling your Neanderthal like tendencies embedded in your DNA. Okay. Now some black people might fall for that. Um, not I.
So now somehow it has spiraled from you can't take our rights away, COVID-19, to, oh my God, Black Lives Matter, to now (laughs) creating their own quote-unquote autonomous zones where um, it's defund the police, F the police, and now we're saying F the police because... Okay, they're enforcing us losing our rights too. Okay, now we thought that when we threw a fit about having to have these COVID-19 lockdowns that they was going to act right. But since they want to not listen to us, since they want to not grant us what we believe are our rights, defund the police. They can go. Okay, I don't know who they think they are. Hello, the police are supposed to be here to protect and withhold our white privilege, not to make us abide by rules with all those people of color. I got the quote marks. (laughs) So now they're like, F the police, defund the police. Now these fools, and you know it's white people behind this. Because black people, we just don't do shit like this. And even if we attempted to do shit like this, um, they would have had the National Guard in there the first night mow us down and end that real quick whenever they see black people uniting to rebel in any way, shape, or form against them and their system. They mow us down without a second thought. Um, So this is just the most white people, white peopling thing I've seen. I, I mean, I'm watching... All the propaganda um, about the autonomous zone in Seattle. And I'm like, yo, they are really going hard in this. Like, these people are really doing the most. Like, I cannot believe this. So inside this autonomous zone, it's inside the city of Seattle. And it's a few blocks long. And they have put up barriers and barricades. And they have renamed the area. Uh, in some way, shape, or form, and put their claim on it. They say police is not uh, is not allowed there. They're screaming defund the police. Um, they're having all kinds. Everybody's a hippie there, and they're just like eating ice cream and playing music and playing Ring Around the Rosie. Um, they're having all kind of sexual assaults in there, murders in there, and they won't let the police in. Get this. They won't let the police in. There's somebody, a dead body in there, and they're saying that they will not let um, the police in. Um, then you got people being uh, getting hurt and being assaulted in there. They're not even letting the EMTs in uh, to come help people. They're saying, oh, we have medically trained people here in the autonomous zone that's going to handle that. Like, these people are going crazy. It's It started out, you know, it started out pretty predictable. But as it goes on, I'm just sitting back here like, okay, <laughs> this... <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is escalating quickly. I'm like, whoa, this is escalating quickly. Oh, my God. Oh, white people, y'all are just so ghetto. I just cannot with how ghetto y'all are. Like, please get your people. Oh, please get these thugs. Please get these hoodlums because y'all, <laughs> y'all got all these thugs out here barricading the streets. My, and this is so interesting to watch as a black person, because like I said, we could never on our best day get away with this crap. So it's just so interesting sitting back like it's like National Geographic when they're like, and now we're going to observe a baby wallaby in its natural environment. 
you know, you watching the show. This is how I feel watching white people, white peopling. It's so, it's so interesting to me. It's just like, wow, look at white people, white peopling. Like, they really be white peopling. Like, I just, <laughs> I just cannot. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we just got to continue to have our head on a swivel. Um, it's very important, you know, just to understand what propaganda is, to understand why they are flashing all of these occurrences across the TV screen. And, um, you know, I just look at it as entertainment. It has to be something that we can't necessarily let it affect us where we're really, you know, buying into this and believing that it's something that you really got to laugh at and just stay prepared because everything is always a distraction Everything always has a bigger picture to it. There's always, you know, an ulterior motive. There's always ulterior agendas. So we got to just, you know, keep our heads on a swivel. So in the meantime, I'm just, I started out with a small bag of popcorn in this. And then I went to a medium bag of popcorn. And now I'm just on a full, large, with free unlimited refills bag of popcorn with the way these white people are white people and right now like i cannot the ghetto child shout out to our sponsors of the african and american law firm attorney robert daniel if you have been arrested and have become part of the systematic criminal justice system please contact attorney robert daniel in atlanta georgia at robertdaniellaw.com or give him a call at 404-522-2151 Uh, something that I want to start doing more often on the show is having more talks about specifically what it looks like in real life during the day today um, to uh, heal and to build families, to, to heal to the point where you can live in peace and live in unison with your opposite sex divine counterpart. I think that we, we, we as a society, uh, you know, we have talked about love and relationships and things like that, but we, we don't have enough conversations about, uh, specifics, like very specific things. Um, a lot of us, you know, we, we simply don't know what we should and should not be looking for, uh, in our partners. We don't know, how to view red flags. We don't know how to view green flags. Uh, We don't understand how um, our upbringing, our foundations affect our relationships. We downplay the importance of things. We ignore things. Um, And I feel like not having these very specific conversations is the reason why 60% of us are going around not married. Uh, we, we just don't know what relationship building looks like in real life. We don't know uh, what to be looking for. So I want to start having more conversations about, you know, how this goes, what to look for and what it all means. Um, so I want to talk this week about, and this is going to sound cliche, but I, I want to talk about a man's relationship with his mother and how it affects his relationship with women when he's an adult. And it's not necessarily the cliche conversation that you're used to hearing. Uh, It's a little bit of a different perspective and a different way to view it that I think we need to talk about. Um, 
I spoke about this. If you're not following me on Instagram, go. What are you doing? Like, go ahead and do so. Follow me at Six the Goddess. Um, that is S I X T H E G O D D I S. If you ain't following me, what are you really doing? Go ahead and follow me at Six the Goddess. Um, I put a post up and it said, um, you know, learn the difference between a man who tolerates his mother and a man who is in love with his mother. Now, I'm the kind of person, whenever I hear a bit of information that may be foreign to me, or maybe it's a thought I have never came across before, uh, I don't like to impulsively react to it because some things in life take time. Sometimes you have to hear something and you have to just pipe down and really give time for it to digest, to really think about it, especially if it's something that's a new concept to you. Um, So I put up the post and uh, I think that there is a negative stigma associated with the quote unquote mama's boy. I think that uh, society believes there's only one way or the other. They believe uh, that a man is either a total mama's boy or that he hates his mom. Like there seems to not be a healthy in between that we talk about. Um, So I want to talk about what that healthy in between is. Now... Um, before we get started, we are going to just have a a quick talk about what is love versus toleration. Um, I feel like ever since, you know, life kind of changed and the man and the woman joined the workforce and participating in the rat race and working 40, 50 hours a week and the children are raising themselves or not being raised at all. And the moment we began to put keeping up with the Joneses before keeping up with our children. This is when things started to go south for us. And uh, what that did is it created a generation who was indeed being tolerated as opposed to being loved and preferred. To tolerate someone does not mean that you dislike them. Uh, It doesn't mean that you hate them or wish any harm to them. It means that uh, this person Uh, fits into your life or is involved in your life in some way where you are obligated to have them there and so you know you just do what you're supposed to do out of the uh, kind of the obligation or out of the perception that you would have if you were not to you know participate or be involved with this person so when you normalize being tolerated it becomes the standard for so many and now we end up with a generation of people who cannot tell the difference okay the difference between tolerating someone and being in love with someone preferring someone um, to favor someone to be excited about being involved with someone or being in their presence Uh, when we hear the term in love I think that we think being in love is something that you have to be with an intimate partner Uh, And we don't understand that you can be in love with your mother. You can be in love with your father. You can be in love with your child. You can be in love with your uncle, so on and so forth. Um, I have friends that I am in love with. I have a father that I am in love with. I have a son that I am in love with. To be in love with someone just means that you appreciate and admire that person at a deeper, you you admire them and you appreciate them specifically, that individual, that when someone says my person, this is my person, 
you specifically favor and prefer that person because of who they truly are. The person they truly are um, is something that you feel good about, that you admire, that you are proud of. And it's not about you having to be cordial to this person or having to deal with this person. No, you are truly a fan of, you are in love, you are an admiration of this individual. Huge difference. (laughs) Uh, I think that many married people can relate to that when it comes to their in-laws. There there are married people, there are especially women who have, you know, their best friends with their mother-in-laws. Then you have some where it's like, you know, I'm cool with her and I don't disrespect her because she's my mother-in-law. But if she was not my mother-in-law, would I want to be associated with this person? Uh, if she was not my mother-in-law, uh, would I go out of my way to necessarily be cool with or hang with this person? That might be a whole different story. So now what does this look like when it comes to a man's relationship with his mom? So when I put the post up where I said, you know, learn the difference between a man who tolerates his mom and who is in love with his mom. Of course, uh, you know, you're going to have the people who either don't read your caption. I'm amazed at how many people on social media do not read captions like They'll just read, look at a picture or read the meme and then they just, their fingers just light up and they just go to writing paragraphs. And it's like, wait a second, did you even read what was said? Because (laughs) you'd be like, what are you even talking about? Nobody even said that. So when I put the post up, which I knew it was going to be triggering, whenever we're talking about mothers and families and upbringing, you know, it's always going to be triggering for some people. You know, when you really heal from, you know, whatever childhood traumas you have, it becomes a lot easier for you to talk about them. It doesn't have as much weight as power over you anymore. Um, The more you suppress it and and don't want to talk about it and try to fight it, normally the worse those issues are. But I normally find that people who can just have very candid, honest conversations about it, um, nine times out of ten, it means that you've healed from it. You overcame it and it doesn't hurt you or make you uncomfortable Uh, to discuss it from that point forward so um you know I know that whenever that conversation is had uh if you know you know if you get it you get it if you don't you don't if you're ready you're ready and if you're not ready you're not ready and and I understand that you know before we have these discussions um but as I expected there are people who read it and then they just read it and five seconds later just impulsively reacted to it and you know, misunderstand the point. So I want to have this conversation because I realize I'm like, you know, I say this a lot that we don't know what we don't know. And I'm like, oh my God, like people truly do not know the difference because not everybody has necessarily been loved. Not everyone had parents who were in love with them. Like when it comes to my son, I admire the type of person my son is. Um, It's it's really hard to explain this, but I'm going to try my best to explain it. Whether my son was my son or not, I admire his kind heart. I admire his character. I admire that he's a good person. Now, when you add on on the fact that I'm his mom, it's like, oh, I should go on a cake. It's like, oh my God, I admire this person. I prefer this person. I, I, I am proud of this person and their character and what they do. And then I also happen to be related to this person. And, and it's like that. Then you have the type of situation where um, you may have a child who the way that their parents raise them uh, would not be a way that they would necessarily raise their children. And there can be different extremes to this. 
Okay, you can, and let's just focus on the subject at hand, uh, you know, in regards to a man and his mom. And please do not, fellas, don't get on here and talk about what about women and their dads. We'll have that conversation a different day. We're not, we're not having that conversation at this particular moment. So everybody just calm down, stay calm, take a deep breath. Um, because the truth is, uh, for you as brothers, you're naturally hunters, uh, but we have sisters out here that are just not knowing how to pay attention to certain things. And, uh, you know, we just need a little extra little boost, extra little help right now. So that's what we're doing, fellas. But just everybody just keep calm. (laughs) Everybody calm down. We're going to be okay. Um, So now you have the opposite end of the spectrum, which is where you will have a man where he's a grown ass man. Okay. He's not about to, you know, necessarily be miserable and cry his whole life over things that happened between his mother or whatever. Like he knows how to move on. He knows how to live his life. He's not going to let that hinder him. However, his interaction with his mother is very matter of fact. It's very, okay, I have to do this because she's my mom and I have to treat her this way because she's my mom. It's not, I really love the way my mother raised me. I love the way she sacrificed for me. Uh, I love the way she supported me, you know, and, I, and I'm just proud of the woman she is. I admire the woman she is. She is my shero. It's not like that. It's more so um, it could be as extreme as he was abused or he was abandoned or neglected, or it could be where him and his mother simply are not bonded where his mother may not have been nurturing, may not have been affectionate. She may have tolerated him. This is, this is how we, this is what, what I mean when I say foundations, because some people were saying, oh, that a man's relationship with his mom is not the main factor in his relationship with women. Um, uh, what else were they saying? They were saying, um, there's other factors like his first interaction with a girl that's going to affect how he views women. And you, you have to look at it this way. When we talk about things that are foundations, and I think this is a point that a lot of us don't understand or give enough respect to. And I think this is why a lot of people are kind of, uh, unhappy or not at peace because they don't acknowledge the importance of this. Your foundations shape the way you react to whatever first instance is. Okay, uh, your foundations set by your upbringing affects everything else that comes after in your life. So you cannot say, oh, a man's relationship with his mother is not a factor in how he will look at women. It is absolutely 100% a factor. Okay, um, the woman is the first teacher. So what is the first thing you're teaching your children? The first thing a woman teaches their children is how to perceive women. Okay, and as a disclaimer, this is not saying that, oh my God, if a man has a good relationship with his mom, then he's automatically a healthy and non-toxic partner. I'm not saying that. What I'm simply speaking on, again, because I have to just keep reiterating this, is a man's foundation. A lot of men in present day are single and are not married because they, it's not that they cannot find a woman, but it's that they cannot find a woman that truly accepts him for him. This is why a lot of times you see uh, guys 
you know, they cap when it comes for women. You know, we all know the guy where, you know, when women are around, he start acting different or he, you know, puts on a front for women. That's the worst thing men can do because it, it really shows that he has problems with believing that he could find someone to accept him for himself. And the reason why a lot of men cannot find a woman to accept him for him is because we're not taking time to understand his foundations. We just push everything under the rug and think that we're fine there's a lot of men where just because they are still getting pussy and because they are making money that they think they are doing good that's got to be the most dangerous rhetoric i've ever seen they think oh I'm, i'm i'm getting women i'm making money life is good no no my god there's so much more to it than that so now if his mother, uh, if he either was not close with his mom, she may not necessarily have been a bad mom. She she may have, maybe she was a single mom and she had to work a lot, had to make ends meet. Maybe um, she is she herself, it was not necessarily in touch with her feminine side, so she wasn't nurturing, whatever it may be. Um, if you are looking to build a relationship with a brother... You're going to need to know this. You're going to need to know, okay, is this man in love with his mom? Um, If you feel a way about saying that someone can be in love with their mom, then you might be that person where you don't particularly admire your mother for the woman she is. Because there is a huge difference. Um, If you have observed a man that admires his mother for who she is, there is a difference. Um, I want to say it's on Good Day America. Was it on Good Day America? Whatever show, whatever morning show that Gail King is on, uh, one of her co-hosts, or they had a guest or a co-host on it, and they they have like a segment called... um, like their video of the week or something like that. And one of the gentlemen's on there for his video, I guess they all pick a video each week that they want to highlight or they pick a person that they want to highlight each week. And uh, he chose to highlight his mom. And he said that his mom was retiring after like, you know, 40 years or so from being a teacher for children of special needs. And and this man takes time on national television to like give a shout out to his mom and how she retired. He was like in her community, everyone loves her. Um, all of her students were like her own children. She spent her life doing doing for others, teaching others, giving, you could tell. And then the man was brought to tears and I'm like, that's a man who is in love with his mother. He's a healthy guy. He works. He's a normal guy. I mean, I don't know why we have this stigma of, it, it, oh, if a man is in love with his mom, he's a mama's boy. No. Um, you know, we have to make balance normal. We we have to stop making balance something that is, uh, you know, an anomaly. We need balance to be the norm. Like, I, I hate that we have to give stupid disclaimers like, well, you know, when we talk about it being important for a man to be in love with his mom, we got to hear things like, well, you know, sometimes a man is too in love with his mom. He'd be a mom's boy and then he'd be baby boy and he'd be narcissistic. And it's like, can we stop being low vibrational? Like, do we have to say that? Like, I, I, I hope that we are on the emotional level and the, uh, and the level of intelligence where balance should be assumed for what we're talking about. 
Okay, of course, we're not talking about a man who is a, a disabled mama's boy who can't even breathe, breathe or take a poop without his mom's permission or direction. Duh. Of course, we're not talking about that. We are talking about healthy in love. He's healthily in love with his mother. Okay, he admires her. He look. He puts her above other humans. He admires the woman that she is. It's not about the fact that she's his mother. Her being his mom is the icing on the cake. It's not what he leads in with his love to her. Okay, these are the difference. So I was looking at the guy and I'm like, that is an example of a man who is healthy, who is functional, but that truly admires and is in love with his mother. When you are dealing with a man who is in love with his mother, who admires his mother, he is less likely, again, I'm sorry, y'all, and I got to keep making these disclaimers, but I have to. Again, it is not saying that because he, um, it's not saying that because he's in love with his mom that he's automatically a wonderful partner. It's saying that he has the foundation to know how to receive love from a woman okay his the first thing that he was taught by a woman is he was taught to respect her he respect the woman she is he respects the sacrifices she made for him uh he respects that she was a good mother to him so when this is his foundation he is more likely Again, to know how to receive your love. There are a lot of men who do not know how to receive love from a woman. They can complain all day about how, you know, they, oh, a woman need to be this and they need to be that and they need to do this. But then if they did have a woman that actually did it, they wouldn't know how to do it because they, again, may have been abandoned or not been close with their mom. So if that's the case, ladies, you got to pay attention to this so that you know what you're dealing with. This conversation is not to say, oh, girl, if that man ain't in love with his mom, do not deal with him. That is not what this conversation is saying. This conversation is teaching us the specific things that we have to observe and pay attention to in order to understand a man. Ladies want to know how you get married. This is how you get married. You, uh, you, you should know your man like the back of your hand. I am trying to, again, you can take this information, you can leave this information, okay? But big sister six ain't steers you wrong yet, okay? When a man truly feels like this woman understands me, that's how you stand out from the millions of other women that outnumber men 10 to 1. That is when he says, this is the woman I want to be with. She understands me. She accepts me for who I am. Okay, a lot of women don't know how to understand their man because you don't understand his what? His foundations. You don't understand his foundations because we don't take time to have these conversations. That's why I want to have these talks, sisters. So now let's say you're, you know, you're with a brother and yeah, he tolerates his mom. No, his mother did not necessarily earn his respect. You know, a stigma that we have in the black community is that, you know, we give certain levels of respect or put our parents on a certain pedestal just because they are our parents. Absolutely no. Y'all hear me preach till I'm blue in the face about how, you know, as African people, 
this is how our traditions are wired. They are wired uh, to be in a cycle. Um, They are wired for reciprocity. Okay, so you earn your respect of your children by them seeing that you put them first, you sacrifice for them, you do what's best for them. They see that this is how your children gain respect for you. Okay, and it's not about material things because there are children who grew up dirt poor but respect their parents because they know that their parents were in love with them. They they saw their dedication from their parents. This is how you gain your children's respect. Okay. So if you're dealing with a man who does not have that respect for his mother, this is something you are going to need to know. This is not to say that he cannot be a good partner. But it is saying that you need to know this so you can pay attention so that you know how to understand this man, so that you know how your man works. Okay. Now, if he didn't have that closeness with his mother, if he didn't, if he's not in love with his mother, if he doesn't particularly prefer his mother, uh, where if she wasn't his mom, he would not deal with her. Um, You need to speak to him about that. And he needs to let you know that he has sought whatever kind of counseling or therapy, whoever he, you, you need to know that he has talked to someone about this. You need to know that he has analyzed this in some way in his mind that he has. You need to see that he acknowledges it. It is extremely dangerous when a man is not in love with his mother and then tells you, oh, that happened a long time ago. It's no big deal. I mean, I'm not even worried about it. I don't need no therapy for it. It's life. I'm a grown man. I'm fine. That is a bad sign. Because what he has essentially done is he has buried his mother. This is the woman that gave birth to him, sis. This is the woman that brought him into this world. Okay, so if he has, uh, because this is not natural for us as humans. It's not natural for us to write off the people that bring us into the world. It's not natural for us to just, you know, cut our own flesh and blood off and not think twice about it or talk about it ever again. That's not how we're wired. You know, we're blood related we share genetics for a reason. So if you see um, that this man was able to just disconnect himself from his mother and never want to talk about it, never want to bring it up again, that is going to be huge insight into how emotionally available he will be for you, sister. If he refused to even talk about it, refused to get therapy on it, downplays it, that's a defense mechanism. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm not in love with my mom. Me and my mom, I mean, she wasn't, I mean, she was my mom. I mean, she made sure I ate. You know, there are some men where that is their relationship with their mom. She made sure they ate and made sure he had clothes on his back. She tolerated him. Okay, he he never experienced real love. His mom tolerated him because she had to because he was her son. And in return, that's what he learns. And now he learns how to tolerate people. Men like that may never have really been in love with someone. They don't, they may not even know when you heard. See, we got to pay attention to men, ladies. They be telling us what they're feeling, what they're thinking. We just don't pay attention. You heard what Music Soul Child said, teach me how to love. Okay, they, they really tell us what's up. We just, you know, we just don't be listening. It, that's a reality. And if, and if you are with the kind of man where you will have to teach him how to love, because yes, a woman can teach a man how to love that wants to learn. You need to be aware of why you need to understand again, his what his foundations. Okay. So if that was the case for him, you need, if he need, ideally he will already have sought therapy or counseling or will have already spoken to someone about 
that missing factor in his life. We cannot play God and say, oh, my mom, you know, tolerated me and didn't really love me. It wasn't really in love with me or prefer me, but I'm just fine. No, you're not just fine. You won't be just fine. And that's why they have therapy. We, I mean, I've done therapy. You've done therapy. A lot of people have counseling, whatever. We all need it. We're human beings. But sisters, if you see him downplay that, and bury his mother baby girl if he can bury his mother he'll bury you too and you will never ever get him to be vulnerable to you you will never ever get that bond uh you will never ever see any raw emotion from him uh he will never ever truly like cherish you and put his pride aside to uh to fight for you or to uh let you know that he needs you if he didn't need his mother uh, it will be nothing. I mean, it, I'm talking about he won't blink twice about not needing your ass. This is <laughs> this is a reality, ladies. <laughs> and we, we got to have these conversations. We just have to. Okay, these are the women where, you know, they, they come crying to you like, oh, my husband, this is and that. And I tried to do this and I tried to do that. And he didn't. He just doesn't respond. He act like he doesn't care. Okay, sis, you might be the one where you didn't ask this question. You didn't observe this for yourself in the beginning. So I'm, I'm guessing that you didn't notice that he tolerated his own mother. Um, I guess that you didn't notice that he had buried, um, he buried his own mom. And you thought that somehow he was going to magically emotionally open up to you. And it's just not the way it works. <laughs> it's just not the way it works. So now let's say, okay, you do have a brother who, again, was not close with his mom, has a bad relationship with his mom or tolerates his mom or whatever. And you talk about it, you know, you begin to observe it and and you hear him say on his own, you know what, you know, my mother's relationship with me, you know, it definitely was not ideal. Uh, You know, it definitely was not healthy. You know, but I, I've sought therapy for it. I understand what my mom may have been going through. I understand nobody's perfect. Cause that's what it really is, is, you know, we, we tend to be very hard on our parents, not knowing just because they had you don't mean their lives were together. You know, we're humans. Our journey is constant. Life is messy sometimes. Shit happens. And as we get older, we understand that. And, and we as parents know that we would never want to be judged negatively by our children, um, you know, for things that we may have went through. So... If he says, yeah, me and my mom, relationship may not have been ideal, but I got therapy for it. I talked about it. Um, You know, I've forgiven her. Uh, She's forgiven me. Whatever needs to go on. Then you have the chance for the relationship to still be healthy because he acknowledged it. So many things in life lose their power over you once you acknowledge them. The more you fight and do not acknowledge something, the worse it makes things for you. Okay. So that's really the difference. It's it, This is not the determining factor. It's not, oh my God, girl, if he's not close with his mom, run for the hills. It's none of that, guys. Um, it's just things that we need to know as women to, again, this is just a journey to help understand you. I never understand when people get so defensive about us having conversations about understanding one another. I guess it's because it's such a vulnerable thing for some people um, that talking about learning someone because that's what intimacy is, is is you know this person on a different level than a Joe on the street does you 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 understand things about them that other people don't know intimacy is something 
that you experience with that person that the average person cannot. That is how you build intimacy. And again, intimacy can be not only with your a partner that you're being sexual with. Again, it could be your mother, your children, or anyone else. Um, it's just that special bond for that special person. Um, you know, when you're dealing with a man that is in love with his mom, um, he tends to have just a more positive, uh, immediate reaction to women in general. Okay. His, his, he's not necessarily on the defense, like, uh, assuming that all women are going to hurt him or harm him again, you know, assuming that he has a healthy relationship where he admires and is in love with his mother he is in love with the person that his his mother is Uh, and that's what love versus toleration is and this is what we have to be aware of there's a lot of people in relationships that are literally fighting going against a brick wall every day um, to make their partner be something they're not, be someone they're not, as opposed to having the tough conversations. I know conversations like this are not fun. I know it's not ideal having to get all mushy and talk about our feelings and talk about our childhood. I know for some people it can feel cliche, it can feel embarrassing. I get that. It's tough conversations, but uh, the quicker we have those conversations and have them to understand, not having them to hurt or to use it against somebody later, but to have the conversations to really understand each other, that is how we're going to begin to increase those marriage rates. Because at that point is when you have something with that person that you can't just go out and get from anyone, uh, which you can do, which is why people are being so sexually uh, promiscuous right now because you know it's that's as far as it's going you can bust a nut with anybody and and we're just leaving it at that that's not intimacy uh, the intimacy is the understanding um, so ladies keep uh, practicing that feminine energy that allows you to bring a love bring the understanding uh, and bring that intimacy into your relationship And we're going to definitely start, again, having more discussions on how we do this uh, so we can keep building that black love. Um, Thank you for listening to this week's episode, family. Again, keep your mental health afloat. Keep it a priority. Um, Stay focused. Uh, We're running a marathon. Stay vigilant. Um, Stay observant. And most of all, stay united. And as always, peace, love, and black power.